Are you ready to stop telling yourself all the things you're not and see all the ways you already are who you one day hope to be? In this space, there's no more waiting for things to change. We tap into powerful decision-making to create exactly what we want for ourselves in our lives at home. Deciding that you're a good mum as defined by you is where we start. I'm Jo and I'll be sharing how I replace being busy trying to prove all the things with getting giddy about all that's possible for me as a stay-at-home mum of three. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Stay at Full Motherhood podcast. Today we're going to be diving into my process for creating anything you want for yourself in your life as a stay-at-home mum and it all starts with deciding that you already are a good mum. So this decision, which you can make anytime you want to, is what's going to allow you to create the safety in you to stop striving and struggling and pushing and rushing in your motherhood and to start to experience ease and joy and rest and a bit of that awe that you sometimes used to stop and feel about you and everything you're capable of. Because we do know intellectually that we are capable of creating anything we want for ourselves. We've done it before when we became a mum and on many, many other occasions too, like the jobs you went for and got, the places you dreamed of and then travelled to, the partner you chose for yourself and then got together with. But you are never going to be able to feel safe to explore that niggling thing that I know you have a desire to create for yourself alongside your motherhood whilst you're telling yourself that you're doing a terrible job of the one thing that matters to you most in the world, being a good mum. So let's break this down and start by defining what being a good mum means to you. Is it how you show up with confidence, with affection, with discipline? Or is it how your kids are, that they're happy, that they're obedient, polite, successful? And this might be the first time you're even thinking about defining this on your terms because, let's face it, we all already know what a good mum is. A good mum loves her kids unconditionally and wraps them in that love and those kids are happy and well-behaved and well-adjusted with lots of friends and the house is clean and tidy and the laundry is folded and put away, if not ironed. Uh, My husband irons his pilot uniform and uses starch, but I haven't touched an iron in over 10 years. Um, and they are fed nutritious nutritious home-cooked meals and they're read to every night after lots of fresh air and exercise and practically no screen time at all. And um, what else am I missing here? Um, oh yes, and the good mum is definitely always on time and wearing decent clothes and hair and also some subtle makeup to cover the bags under her eyes at least because we wouldn't want anyone else to feel uncomfortable. And a good mum is definitely connected. That connection with your kids is so important. And of course, don't forget, connected with your partner too. And so we all go about our motherhood carrying around all of these expectations that never came from us in the first place. Otherwise, we wouldn't all have the same ones and feeling terrible when we don't manage to meet them or even more terrible if we don't care enough to try to meet them, which we think we definitely should. But just think for a moment about who you're trying to impress here in your attempts to be a good mum. It's probably not your kids when it comes down to it. It's an attempt to meet this ideal of the good mum in your head, whether that comes from your own mum or your grandmother or society or your neighbours or your mum friends or films or TV. And when we're trying to grip so tightly onto control of our motherhood in this way and really striving to perform the way we think a good mum should... 
we're not thinking about how much more energy we'd have if we instead gave ourselves permission to really be ourselves and to follow our own rhythm and our own good mum standards rather than anyone else's. Or how much lighter we'd feel and how much more spacious our lives could be without the forcing and the gripping and the conforming. So what I want to offer today is begin with the belief and the freedom to be her will follow. And that belief that you're a good mum comes from making the decision that you are a good mum. Now, we think that to do this, we have to first weigh up all the evidence for and against you having earned this label. We surely have to prove that result in very concrete terms first. And of course, we think this because we were raised to believe that only our parents and our teachers and our bosses and society have the power to decide how good we are. But you do just get to decide. As a stay-at-home mum, you are now the only boss of you. We don't need to look to anyone else to tell us we're doing a good job. And we definitely, what we definitely don't want is for our okayness to be dependent on someone else telling us that we are, in fact, good. That's their opinion. That doesn't make it a fact in the world. Your opinion of you is the only one that counts. We can choose to believe it for our own sake and we can choose to believe it for the sake of our kids who want us to believe that we are worthy of them. We are worthy just as they are worthy. And I'll give you a couple of ways to step into this belief. First, it's reminding yourself often that your thoughts are not facts. Our thought that we're a not good enough mum is not a fact and our thought that we're a good mum is not a fact because not every person on the planet would agree with either of these things. So it's totally up to you what you choose to believe. But there is no downside ever to choosing to believe that you are the person you want to be rather than the person you'd give anything to not be. So the second step is to ask your brain right now, what's one way that you are a good mum? Pause the podcast if you need to, but I would suggest just pick the first thing that jumps into your head. There will be something, some memory or thought that pops in. Okay, got it? Now you know that you have at least 1% belief that you are a good mum. And that is seriously all you need. Because just look at what you've created in your life with this 1% belief. Even with a potentially 99% belief that you are a not good enough mum. You have created a home for your kids where they are doing okay, if not thriving, And you've done this with your foot effectively on the brake pedal this whole time in the form of these thoughts spinning in your head that you're not a good mum. Because we want to always remember that our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions and our actions create the results that we're seeing in our lives. So if your thought truly is that you're a bad mum and you feel totally discouraged or disappointed or maybe even disgusted with yourself at times then all this is ever going to do is drain you and it's certainly not going to motivate you to show up in the way you want to or perhaps show up at all. Of course we're always there looking after our kids but this thinking so often leads to us choosing to incessantly scroll on our phone to try to distract ourselves from these feelings or to go off and angrily scrub at a bathroom far away from our kids because if we've no chance of being happy and good then we may as well be blimmin' useful And so we become disconnected and create more and more evidence for ourselves that, see, we're just not capable of being the good mum we should be and that every other mum around us seems to be. Can you see here how you have so much power to create whatever you want in your life? 
If you want to be a good mum, define for yourself what that means, decide that you are one and step into that identity by making every decision as her and take action on it in a way that feels good to you in your body. That's it. It really can be that simple. Define, decide and act. The simple thought error we're making when we label ourselves as not good enough is that we believe that putting ourselves down and berating ourselves for everything we're doing wrong will motivate us to do better and be better tomorrow. But it never works that way. Self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-love and allowing grace are what will create any changes we might want to make and transform our relationship with ourselves. I've seen it over and over again in my clients and when I do, I always come back to one of my favourite quotes, which is... The curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I change. That's from Carl Rogers. But remember, you don't actually have to change at all. That's not where I want you to put your focus. I want you to start seeing all the ways that you already are exactly who you one day hope to be. So forget the one example of you being a good mum. Let's go for 20 examples or 30 examples. Write them all down. Let your brain prove to you that you're already there. You're already doing it. For every example you give, keep asking yourself, when else was I a good mum? When else? Your brain truly is like a supercomputer and it will always answer any question you ask of it. And then all that evidence is just pouring into you from your brain and your real life examples. I'm not asking you here to just look in the mirror and say, I'm a good mum on repeat. Answering the question of how you already are a good mum and mining your brain is what's going to get you to where you want to be. So what is a good mum for me? I've had a few definitions over the last few years, but right now for me, it's that a good mum sees her kids as beautiful in their essence and helps them to see this too. Now, you can't make them believe it. That's up to them but you can believe it for yourself and you can act from this belief and model it by believing it of yourself too without first needing to prove it to anyone else at all. And this became so much easier for me when I realised that me thinking that I was a not good enough mum only ever came from a place of fear. The fear that if I do fail at this, at motherhood, I will not be okay that the decision that I made for myself to be a stay-at-home mum will have been a total waste of time. And even worse, that decision may well even have been detrimental to my kids. So what we want to do is to always check in to see that we're coming from a place of love rather than a place of fear. And that place of love is filled with lots and lots of self-trust. What would love and trust have to say here? Is there a chance that your kids will have friends, that they will do well in some of the things they try, that they will be healthy, that they'll find a good relationship when they're older and that they'll go to college and get a job and be able to put food on their table? And that if they don't do any of this, that you will be okay and you'll have your own back, knowing that you did the best you could with the tools available to you at the time. After all, everything in their life is not just down to you. And also the freedom to grow and develop as they are meant to, is a massive gift that you can give them. Your impact, for better or worse, is never as big as you think it is. As I myself learned when I was trying to make the decision whether or not to try for a third baby about five years ago now, I definitely saw myself back then as a person who just could not make decisions. 
from picking an ice cream at the ice cream van as a kid. I remember I got yelled at by the ice cream man for taking too long. I can still see his mullet shaking as he shouted. To what to study at university. I finally chose single honours German, which probably no other human on the planet would ever have recommended, besides perhaps my German teacher. So I was always asking every person I could think of for their opinion. So when it came to the third kid decision, I debated this so long and so hard with every person I knew, plus every person on the internet, and yes, I did also include my husband, until I finally found what I was looking for in a very validating book called Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids by Brian Kaplan. Because of course a good mum does not just consider her desires for another baby, but also the impact on the other two kids and the family dynamic and, like Harry and Meghan, on the world too. And that book revealed to me through quoting lots and lots of twin and adoption research that a child's upbringing is much less important in the long run than genetics. Twins that were separated at birth and raised entirely differently ended up in similar levels of jobs with earnings in the same salary bracket whether their individual sets of adoptive parents were very involved during their childhood or not. So please let this be your permission slip to make the decision for yourself that you are a good mum. There is no risk to doing this. You won't become complacent or lazy or lose your desire to grow and learn you will simply save yourself the unnecessary suffering that comes with believing the opposite. Remind yourself that you have already made decisions in this way before. Prior to ever even having kids, you decided that you'd be a good mum and you believed when you chose to start trying for a baby that this was true and you decided this without any evidence of it at all. Now, on the other hand, I would offer that you have plenty the only thing holding us back from truly enjoying our motherhood as good mums is our expectations, the thoughts that we should show up a certain way as mothers, that our kids should behave a certain way and be happy most, if not all, of the time, and that motherhood itself should not be this hard or this busy or this crushing a responsibility. Dropping these expectations, of course, does not mean that you never feel bad about yourself or your parenting ever again, but it does mean that you don't berate yourself for any of it, that you see yourself as a human who makes mistakes and that you intentionally choose to celebrate yourself along the way and really direct your brain to see all the incredible things you're doing every single day. So in saying that, I want to take a moment before we finish to read you my very first podcast review. Thank you so much to Surrender to Simplicity, who wrote after last week's episode, So good, thank you. Your energy, tone and perspective were the perfect boost for me today. Thanks for balancing wisdom with stories. Can't wait to hear the next episode. So this is exactly how we want to feel as much as we can as stay-at-home mums. It's very easy, as we all know, to get bogged down in overwhelm. So before next week's episode, I want you to start to notice the things in your life that do give you a boost in your day and really just take a moment to feel that energy in your body. This will not only feel really good to you, but it also directs your brain to spot and create more and more of these moments. So I am so grateful to you, Surrender to Simplicity, for taking the time to write this review and to all of you who are listening to these episodes so that more mums get to hear the podcast. And then more mums get to cast this same spell with those four words, I'm a good mum. And then that sets your decision making and your action taking in motion to create this experience of being a good mum for you 
and for your kids as they begin to see you showing up a little differently as you stand a little taller with your shoulders slightly back and you start responding to them rather than reacting. And you're spending less time researching parenting topics and gathering other people's opinions because you now believe you're the good mum you always knew you would be. You feel it and you know and your kids do too. Okay, sending so much love to all the mums today. Till next week, when we'll be talking about loosening the grip of your inner critic. We're going to go deep into that and give you a practice to start to quieten her voice when she next tries to take over. Bye-bye.